for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sir, he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to The One Pridecast. Hello and welcome to The One Pridecast. I'm your host, Tori Petri. Guys, the tone of this podcast that we're about to have is probably going to be a lot different than any podcast that we have done before. I mean, the current events in our country have been so heavy lately, particularly with the racial injustice conversation. The murderer of George Floyd, as well as those of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, have been so deeply upsetting that it's forced a lot of people to pay attention and it's made so much of an impact that the Lions have turned their conversation in recent days away from football and onto current events about hearing experiences and discussing injustice. So that's what we're going to discuss on the podcast today. So I'm so grateful to be joined by Lions linebacker Christian Jones. Christian, thank you so much for being open to having this conversation with me and, you know, indirectly by Uh, having this conversation with all of our listeners who are tuning in today. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Well, first and foremost, this has just been such a tough time for so many people in our nation. I know a lot of people's hearts are breaking. uh, and, And frankly, us as white people won't really understand what it is like to to experience what you guys are experiencing in this because obviously our heartbreak uh you know doesn't compare to to the heartbreak that you guys have experienced for for years and years so as a black man in this country i just want to ask first and foremost how are you doing with all of this uh i'm i'm doing just fine obviously it's uh it's, it's pretty frustrating and um you know a little disappointing that you know these things continue to happen um i feel like um in the black community this is kind of these are kind of issues we just have to deal with um day in day out year in year out um none of this is kind of new to us and um i just think it's i think it's just kind of cool that uh now that you know with the recent death of george floyd and uh um, it kind of just sparked, it just kind of sparked something in our country and, uh, you know, finally brought some awareness to like what, what's really going on. So, um, I'm just, I'm just happy that people are just kind of starting to wake up and kind of see what, see the issue here. Definitely. And, you know, it's been so important that you guys have even put football away for a little bit and been able to talk about this in your team meetings rather than starting phase three of the offseason program like it usually would be. Of course, you guys are virtual right now, but you've been having conversations about what is going on in our country. What has it been like to have those conversations? Um, I'll, I'll definitely say it's been uh, very emotional, um, very heartfelt. Um, I feel probably a lot of guys in there probably got a, a different perspective on things that they never, you know, never saw before. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's kind of it's nice being able, you know, just to talk about all that because, like I said, a lot of people are just kind of unaware or don't really know just because, you know, people have different lives, um, live in different areas, so it's just – Sometimes it's just hard for people to even having some some things. So, you know, it's it's been good getting kind of, you know, getting on a personal level with uh, everyone on the team. So, we just trying to come up with ways just to kind of you know spark some change um, in our areas in our country. And um, uh, I think we're kind of on the right path with it. So, I think the most important thing is kind of just uh, keeping the conversation going and hopefully that making sure it doesn't die out. 
Definitely. And, and you mentioned it. You said that some people just aren't aware. And part of becoming aware is listening and listening to people's stories. And I know that's been part of the meetings that you guys have had. Uh, I mean, Daron Harmon talked about it last week. Frank Ragnow talked about it last week ju- about just hearing your experiences and what it's been like uh, being a black man in this country and some of the racism that you have experienced. If you are comfortable, would you be willing to share some of those experiences uh, that you've had to go through as a black man in America? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think for me, um, for being uh, being an athlete, uh, I, I kind of had a, I had a lot of privileges, and um, but it, I can I can't say that the same for some of my friends or a lot of my family members. Um, but I definitely wasn't definitely. I definitely wasn't shielded from racism. I mean, for me, um, just because of my athletic ability, I was able to go to a, I was able to go to a good, good school growing up. But uh, you know, being being the only black black kid, pretty much in my grade, or probably, I think it's probably three or four of us throughout the whole school. Um, it was it was it was a little difficult because you know, a lot of a lot of those kids came from families that were well off. And um, they didn't really understand the problems that, you know, that other people deal with in minority neighborhoods or minority homes. So uh, I think that alone, that's something that, that was tough for me for me to deal with. Just by, you know, some comments, which I which I brushed aside, brushed aside growing up. But uh, looking back on it now, I was like, wow, I can't believe that they said that to me and said this to me. And I kind of just brushed it off because, you know, it was just, kind of an uncomfortable moment. I didn't know how to approach it. I was young then, they know, understood how the world really worked. So, um, so yeah, that in general. But like like I said, just being an athlete, we kind of showed it from a lot of that. But I have family in, uh, in South Florida. I have a lot of family in Georgia and Alabama. And uh, it, it can be it can be tough. It can be real tough for them a lot of times. Certainly. And and I know that you and a lot of your teammates have shared those stories over the course of the last week and a half or so as those conversations have shifted in your team meetings. How have you seen maybe people's attitudes, teammates, coaches' attitudes shift and and open as they've heard your stories? To be honest with you, I've never really been a part of uh, something like this where, you know, coaches and players really want to know, like, our experience and know how things are. I feel like um, everybody's been real open. Coaches, um, even a lot of the white players, they just want to, they just want to understand and see our point of view on things. And um, even after, even after March on uh, Bell Isle like this, this past Friday, uh, it was it was special uh, to me just being able to see uh, some of the coaches out there. You know, Matty P was out there. We had uh, Kyle, the running back coach. We had Braden, our new special team coach, was out there. Um, Hank was out there, our O-line coach. Um, uh, Dylan Thompson was out there. He worked, you know, worked with the players on the team. Um, and, like, a lot of them had their kids out there, too. And I thought that was a, a, powerful, a powerful moment right there, you know, just seeing. I think it's big when white kids, especially, especially when white kids are able to kind of see like where their parents stand on the side of this thing, and um, it really felt like a like a, a family 
close-knit family, just having all those guys out there, even some of the players came out. And uh, even the marks, there's, there's a lot of different types of people out there. It wasn't just black people marching. They were white people. They were cops. Uh, they are all different types of people. And I thought right there kind of gave me hope that there can be uh, some type of change in this country with, uh, you know, with, with racial profiling, with discrimination by the police department. So I thought it was just a real uh, huge moment. And I kind of wish that everybody can kind of see that. Yeah, it, it was truly incredible. I went out on Friday. I didn't get to see any of you guys. There were so many people there, but it was just so amazing to see so many people come together and uh, to see it just done so well. And I know that uh, Joyke Bell kind of headed this up. He's a former Lion. He kind of uh, helped organize this thing. How did it come about that you guys and so many of your teammates who are here in Michigan, I'm sure more would have participated if more were able to be here in Michigan, um, but your teammates and, and your coaches, how did it come about that you guys all wanted to go and be a part of this thing that, that Joyt kind of began? Um, well, first it started off with uh, Joyt kind of reaching out to some guys because um, I, I, I never I never played with Joyce here in Detroit, but I, I played with him for a season in uh, Chicago when he was over there. Right. And uh, we kind of had a relationship there. And um, I believe Agnew had a relationship with him too. And um, he kind of sent out these flyers, and um, we were in our, in our Zoom meetings, and kind of Ag brought it up and said, if there's any guys in uh, Detroit for Friday, we would love for you to come out, you know, and uh show support and uh from what I know pretty much most of the guys that were here, uh even coaches all came out and um I thought I thought that was amazing. I thought that really was uh, amazing. And just like the conversations we had, because like I said, it's um it's something that I'm not used to seeing. Especially in like athletics we kind of I feel like with sports we're kind of in a bubble sometimes and like kind of block out things from the outside world. But like us coming together and kind of talking about the issue at hand and find, trying to just figure out ways to approach it and what we can do that the health market change. It's, 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 been, it's been awesome. So it has, like our, Matty P's has been amazing just how he kind of sparked mm. the whole thing and kind of gave us a platform to talk about it and uh, very fortunate for him for doing that. What has it meant to have someone give you a voice? To have someone say, I want to step back and I want you to talk and I want us to listen? Uh, it, it means everything. Because uh, I, I feel like, especially in sports, sometimes you just wonder, like, does this person really genuinely care for us? Or is it just because we're just players or athletes? Mm. And um, his actions right there really show that he really has a deep concern for our, our emotions and how we feel. And like, even through all this, he's been reaching out. I know he's been calling every, calling a lot of guys, seeing how they're doing, uh, how they're dealing with everything. So it, honestly, it's my hats off to him because it's it's that was, it's that was just awesome. And like I said, it's nothing I really never experienced with a coach. So you can tell he has a big heart and he really wants to do things to change change stuff because uh, a lot of a lot of the guys on the team are are black or African American, and uh, a lot of us are affected by this and. Uh, to know that he stands with us and he's on he's on our side of it is uh it's amazing. Right. It's so much bigger than football and you know uh, some critics would say that you know politics 
aren't supposed to be in sports, but you know, you guys are human beings and it's inevitable that you guys have experiences and opinions and, and views on life. Um, you know, and I think that it's important to, to have this conversation in sports. Why, why do you feel like, um, you know, the NFL has kind of become a place to have this conversation about race, about uh, injustice in today's society, and, and why has it become so, so much at the forefront uh, of, of the NFL conversation right now? I think, for what, I think a lot of it, too, has to do with kind of the Kaepernick situation. Um, I feel like when he sure. started all this, there was a lot of, uh, how can I say this, uh, a lot of people didn't really understand what he was doing. And sure. um, I think a lot of it, the media took it and ran with it and they were spending a lot of it. And people wasn't really clear on like what was really going on. And, um, and I feel like a lot of people are just thinking that he was just kind of just disrespecting the country and the flag, which had nothing nothing to do with that. He was, you know, he was just bringing awareness to police brutality and uh, racial profiling and uh, just trying to just trying to make a change using this platform. And I think the NFL is starting to understand that. I mean, if you turn on Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, and you see players protesting, to me, that's a big deal because it's reaching so many homes throughout this country. You know, people are going to know, want to know, like, why they're doing this and and it's just going to get out there more to, you know, to help bring more understanding to the whole cause. Just as an observer, it feels like the conversation has shifted a lot from when Kaepernick's protest first happened to what's happening today. What's your perspective on that? Do you feel like people are more open to uh, seeing racial injustice now than they were three, four years ago when that was happening? Yeah, I, I, I really do. And I think people are just just really try, really waking up and understanding it. Um, even with the whole the whole Drew Brees uh, situation, uh, when he when he put out the post about like he can never respect where I think he said like he can never respect somebody who doesn't stand for the flag or something like that. I think that was clear. Uh, it really shows you that there's really a misunderstanding and there's a risk in our country with that. Um, I understand that he had he had family members that fought in World War II and all that, but we we forget too that there's a lot of African Americans who fought in World War II and did that. They came back after the war and they didn't have the same privileges sure. as, as white people. You know, like like how crazy is that? Like these right. guys gave for sacrificing their lives and they come back and they can't even eat out of restaurant. They can't. Think on a certain thousand. I mean, it's, it's it's pretty deep when you think about it. So, I think uh, people are really just starting to really understand that, and just flat out just listening to like what people have to say. And um, and I think that that goes. Up. I think just the understanding part just goes a long way. Like, not everybody has the same situation as somebody. Not everybody lives the same way. And I think we just need to kind of just understand that. And like, just find a way, a solution to try to fix that problem. What was your reaction to hearing Drew Brees' comments initially? You know what, Troy? I'm a I'm a very understanding person, and um, yes, it's, it, it was frustrating, but I can't say I was mad. It was just, to me, I was I was hoping that well, America, right there is evidence because I don't 
I don't think Drew Brees is racist. I don't think he feels a certain way. I just feel like he doesn't, he just doesn't understand and he doesn't. And that's not to his credit, but that's, I mean, that's just what it is. He just, he just didn't understand. And, um, I think now with all the backlash that came from that, um, I'm, I'm sure he's thinking about it multiple times a day. Like what, like, I can't believe I said that. Like, what can I do to fix it? Um, but I mean, right there, it's just, like I said, it's just, that's just showed you that's kind of the problem in our country. You know, it's, it's a little risk. We kind of, we have to kind of bridge that gap there. Right. I want to give you the chance to kind of respond to maybe some of of the critiques of what you guys are trying to get people to see. And, And one of those is some people who still can't get past the flag issue, uh, who still feel like it's, it's disrespectful to the flag. What would you say to people who might still think the same things that, that Drew Brees said and might still have a hard time seeing uh, the protest for what it was because of the manner in which it was done. I would say, I'll say the people. I'll say to those people that really just, if it, it can even be just going up to a to a black person and just listen to them and talk to them and try to get an understanding. Um, I feel like. It's, it's kind of tough because I know that some people are just, just stuck in their ways. But I feel yeah. for us to to move forward as a country, we, we, we really kind of got to peel back the layers of this because I feel like, to me, to me, it goes deeper than just the po- police brutality to the profiling. You got to get to the why. Why is that? You know? And, um, and unfortunately, our country has a, was built a lot on racism and white supremacy, you know, we, I think as a country, we kind of got to understand that and, like, try to figure out ways to come up with, like, okay, how we're doing things here is not, not in best interest of all the people in this country. Because, um, like, if you put up the American flag, like I said before, it doesn't, it doesn't mean the same thing to a lot of people in the African-American community because... Those are people who who are constantly oppressed, even throughout this whole COVID situation. Um, the black community is getting hit the hardest out of all this, yeah. you know. And um, it's just it's just really it's just really unfortunate, you know. Just the economics part, even like the educational system. Um, to me, it's like, it's, it's hard, like, when people say they don't understand, like, racism. And to me, it's like, well, if you get into your car and just drive around, you can clearly see it, you know? You go in down in Metro Detroit, I mean, it's, it's, the schools are different, the housing is different than if you go to Royal Oak or Troy or Bloomfield. And, you know, it's like, why is that? It's like, these are questions we just got to keep keep asking ourselves and seeking the answers for Definitely. I think you said that so well. Another thing that people have have had as, I don't know, I I grew up in in a Christian house and 
this is kind of the, the term for it, it would be a stumbling block, like something where they can't really, you know, get past this thing um, and, and see the, the real meaning of it. And, and one of those stumbling blocks has been seeing the violence of some of the protests and feeling like mm-hmm. they can't really understand uh, the why of the protests because they're seeing the how of some of the protests, not all of them, but some of them. Mm-hmm. What would you say to people whose critique of the movement would be about some of the violence that we've seen? Well, with the looting, see, I, I even do, do I agree with uh, people, you know, destroying buildings and, you know, just breaking up stuff. Uh, no, I don't. But I do understand because it's like, imagine being a part of a system that is constantly failing you, you know, constantly failing you. And then, you know, that's just pressure. And all of a sudden, another death happens. And it's like, wow, it's like, no matter what we do throughout history, like, we've, we've been marching, we've been We've been we've been talking about this for years. We can go all the way back to the civil rights movement, you know. And um, I feel it's especially with the COVID stuff hitting now, like people are hurt. Uh, not everybody knows where the next meal is going to be. Not everybody can pay their bills. And like a protest happens on this level with race, you know. Of course, there's going to be some backlash to that. It's, it's almost like it's to me. It's like it's expected because. These people are so, so oppressed and so angered by the system. And like, what would you do if you feel like a system fails you? You're going to take matters into your own hands, which is unfortunate, but that's what happened. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's just tough. And like, this is definitely tough times we're living in. Uh, I don't have a clear cut answer on how to really get people to understand that by just just know like not everybody's situation is the same that's like people saying why they're looting why they're doing that well i bet those are the people who are doing well real well right now they're not worried about the kids graduating from high school because the whole covid stuff i mean i'm trying to do stuff right now um break kids in the air i understand that even in next for detroit some of those kids can't even graduate because they don't, they can't do online classes because they don't have computers. They don't have laptops. They don't have access to places like libraries because they've been closed. So that's, that's another thing that's going to affect the black community right there here in Detroit. So it's just, it's just a big difference between certain areas and other areas, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think that there's been, uh, you know, a big movement uh, for people to say something and, and people feeling like silence is, is endorsement uh, of things. So there's been a lot of people saying things and, and uh, you know, voicing their support for Black Lives Matter and, and support for, uh, you know, ending systematic racism. Where is the line between wanting people to say something and wanting people to actually do something? I mean, you know, there, there's been a lot of, we don't want you to be silent. We want you to speak out. So people are speaking out, but then, you know, you want them to act as well. So what, what do you want to see from people? Uh, I think the biggest thing, I, I think I just want people to kind of, you know, do research and do their homework on like, like I said, what, how things are in our country. And I think, uh, especially, especially with the elections coming up, um, I think the biggest thing too is like, 
what are what are we gonna do? You know, like like legislation to like fix police brutality and all that. Um, I mean, this is, is to me. There's not really. Uh, it's kind of hard to to say exactly, but I feel like people voicing their opinion is, is a big deal um, because, like I said, it, it brings awareness. And, like, hopefully we can move past everybody just saying something. We just go out and do something. And I know right now in our meetings, we, we pretty much talk about that the last week, like, what kind of things we can kind of do that to help and impact the community out here. So I think we just started with that. Yeah, I mean, you guys already had a social justice initiative. It's called Detroit Lions Inspire Change. It's a way that the players and coaches have been investing money back into the community in programs, uh, you know, that that help fight uh, racial injustice and, you know, help help communities who need the help. And, you know, Mrs. Ford has has matched donations and it's been a whole organizational effort. And I know that things going forward uh there will be things that, that you guys do and, um, you know, things that you guys want to contribute to the community through Detroit Lions Inspire Change. What have those conversations been like in terms of, you know, putting uh, action to words? And I, I love how you mentioned with uh, Ms. Ford, uh, matching donations and all that. And I think all that's great. And I, I, I do believe, like, the next step, like, I see right now kind of all the whole week with the NFL kind of uniting on this thing. And I think, I think, one of the probably the most biggest and most powerful thing we could we could do is kind of the whole league comes together, especially the head the head of like these teams, like the owners, um, Roger Goodell. I think it, it's big for those those people to kind of to speak out because I think their voices are are very very powerful in this in this movement. You know, those those people are kind of like top one percent. You know, and um, them kind of saying something and uh, really going out in the community will mean a lot, especially if people seeing it on TV and stuff. So I think that would be a real big game changer for everything. One of the things the NFL has done in the last week is there were there were several players who put together a video and said, this is what we want to hear from the NFL. And then Roger Goodell came back with a video that said, the things that the players wanted to hear. What did you think of that response, and what more do you want to see from the NFL? Uh, I think more. I just kind of just want to see, like I said before, just more of us really getting out there, getting out there in the communities. Maybe, uh, maybe doing doing something. Maybe writing something to our government, trying to propose something. You know, um, just like stuff like that. I feel like can really go a long way. Definitely. And I'm sure there will be uh, a lot of that uh, efforts from you guys as as players and, um, you know, hopefully across the league as well. You know, before we let you go, there are a lot of people who are listening who's I hope whose eyes have been opened, who have been more receptive to what you guys are talking about through all of the conversations that have happened and hopefully through this conversation with you as well. And there are people who want to be part of helping. Um, I know there's there's you know, a certain level of some, sometimes you have to do your own research and you have to look out there and there's so many resources uh, that, you know, people can look up right now. And 
books to read, movies to watch, articles to read, and places to donate to, and all that kind of thing. There, there's so much out there and so much information out there right now, and there is a certain level of not wanting to overburden you guys emotionally and put the burden back on you guys when you're already experiencing the trauma of, of racial injustice. Uh, but what would you say to people when they say, how do we help? We want to be part of, of helping you guys. How do we jump in and, and be a part? We live in an age where you can, information is available wherever. Like you can go on your phone and you can look up you know, you can look up anything you want. You can find any like this during this time. I feel like if you, you don't you don't need to stay ignorant on things, you know. And um, and I think that people want to just just continue reaching out and uh, continue asking asking help. I think the biggest thing you can do is kind of start in your community too. Um, obviously, this is a this is kind of like a nationwide thing, and I feel like every every big city or every state is kind of doing something to kind of combat this uh, racial inequality. So um, I think the biggest thing you can do is trying to find programs in your community that you think that can, can help push the movement forward. Awesome. Christian, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. I really appreciate you taking the time and the vulnerability uh, to be able to share all of this with us. Uh, I know it takes a lot to kind of emotionally process all of this. So thank you for letting us be a part of that with you. uh, And and thank you for taking the time. All right. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.